Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgeway.com forward slash freebie. Welcome to the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway, where you'll learn the keys to building a profitable speaking business from speaking industry pros. Each week, we interview a great guest who will share his or her speaking journey, identify what their keys to success have been, and highlight some critical mistakes they've made along the way that you'll want to avoid. Be sure to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet this week's guest. Hi again, everyone. This is Brett Ridgway, and I want to welcome you to this episode of the Spotlight on Speaking show, where each week I'll interview a speaking industry pro, find out about their speaking journey, learn about some things that they think have been keys to their success along the way, and ask them to share a tip or two and some mistakes that they made along the way that you want to avoid. I'll also share a tip from my new book called How to Build a Profitable Speaking Business sometime a little bit later on. Now, my guest today, I'm really excited to introduce to you because we met probably about 20 years ago now at an internet marketing conference. And it goes back to around that time frame. In 2006, Bart Baggett became an overnight international sensation TV personality on CNN's Larry King Live. You might have seen him on Good Morning Texas, The Howard Stern Show, Good Morning America, or even his TEDx talk, The Neuropathway to Happiness, which has been viewed by over 350,000 people. However, by that time, Bart had been a professional speaker since age 19 and has appeared on over 1,500 radio and TV shows. In addition to being one of the most famous handwriting experts in the world, he's found time to write four books, travel the world, perform comedy at the world-famous comedy store on the Sunset Strip, and even appear in 16 Hollywood feature films. Bart has published training and educational courses on topics ranging from internet marketing, psychology to success, handwriting and analysis, and crime solving through forensics. It all started when he decided to stand up in the front of an audience and learn to own the room. Welcome, Bart Baggett, to the Spotlight on Speaking show. Hey, Brett. Good to be here, man. I've been a big fan of your business for a while. Um, if you guys don't know, Brett has ran a fulfillment center that all of us successful speakers have used. I'm sure you have competition. I just don't know who they are because okay. you've done such a great job supporting <laughs> us throughout the years. Um, when we ship lots of products, you know, um, I've been selling books since I was 23. And when I finally, you know, figured out that you can't make a full-time living just selling books, if you're in the speaking business, you better better start making some DVDs and some other information products. And so that's what I've been doing for 25, 30 years, is selling information that changes lives. So how did you get into this whole speaking industry in the first place? Obviously, 19 years old is pretty darn young to become a speaker. You know, my mother and my father met because uh, he was giving a speech at Texas Tech University when he was 26. So he was a speaker and a trainer and a salesperson. So I've always been around that in my family. I've seen him give speeches and I've seen him, you know, uh, be very charismatic. And so when I started taking Toastmasters when I was a kid, he's like, Bart, I just kept winning all the time. I got to the point I got stopped going because I felt really embarrassed that me at 17 
always got the blue ribbon and all these adults were fumbling and sniffling and, and they couldn't do it. So, so naturally I was pretty good at it. And, but what got me interested in, in making money at it is my father had at that time owned a little business where we sent hypnotists around the country into small markets and we actually bought advertisement. Remember those things called newspapers? Oh yeah. We had full page ads and they would send a hypnotist in and they would, for 50 bucks, they would learn how to stop smoking or lose weight. And uh, I ran that business from my dorm room in California. And so I would hire hypnotists and I, you know, we'd do all the marketing. And so one day this guy just says, I can't show up tomorrow. I uh, can't do it. And I said, well, you have to do it. We've got, you know, a hundred people showing up. And so my dad said, look, you took the hypnosis course. Remember that weekend? Yeah, go do it. And I said, I'm not ready. And he said, you have no choice. So I went and I hypnotized a room full of people and I realized I'm pretty good at the thing. So when you have to do it and you're forced to do it, sometimes, you know, the opportunity kind of shows up. And so I made $8,000 that day and I went, oh, this beats a real job. You have $15 an hour, $8,000. I think I'll be a public speaker. Now the hypnosis business didn't last that long and things change and marketing changes, but being able to stand up in front of the audience and convince people something is powerful. And, and whether it's hypnosis or the fact that I believe you can stop smoking, even though you've tried a thousand times, or I believe that you can change your life, or I believe you can find a breakthrough. Those are powerful skills to have when you're 18 and 19 years old. And so that's kind of what started my journey. Well, without a doubt. So how did you transition from hypnosis into some of the area other areas that you've done speaking about such yeah, as I, I, I would never call myself a hypnotist like a transition is i literally was like i'll run this business for you dad you know so i'm, so I'm just <laughs> running this business of other hypnotists but what it occurred to me was i loved helping people and so when you went to tom hopkins or i volunteered at a tony robbins seminar because i couldn't afford the ticket back then and i watched him have five thousand people in a room walk on fire and i'm like that's incredible like how in the world can i do that and so that was the inspiration is, is uh, sure it was a part ego that I wanted to be on stage, but it was fun. Like he had a good time. Tony Robbins had a good time. Uh, it's like I'm going to do comedy now. Like comedy is fun now that I'm good at it, but it wasn't fun when I wasn't good at it. <laughs> like it was yep. very painful and anxiety ridden when I'm not good at it. Um, so yeah, I wanted to be a speaker and I thought, well, the, the way to be a speaker is to write a book become an authority in that area and then from there learn the system. And so that's all I knew at 19 and 20 years old is write a book, get famous. And that's really stupid, but it's all what I knew. Yeah. And, and at the time, you know, it was really much more significant in 1992 to write a book where it is anybody can write a book now. Like there's 700,000 books published on Kindle, you know, any, any given day. So at the time that was the path. And then I thought, well, now I got to learn how to sell the books. Damn it. <laughs> now, now I realize selling books is not going to get you rich either. Now, obviously, it does Stephen King, right? Like, I'm actually friends with him. But I realized I can't get rich just by selling a paper book. I've got to learn how to really create some lasting change. And so I had to learn the information marketing business. Then I learned how the speaking business. And it all began to be a business of information, of changing lives, rather than just, hey, I wrote a book. I'm going to get rich buying a book. So do you consider yourself, Bart, to be primarily a keynote speaker or a platform seller or a combination of the two? Uh, I'd definitely say a combination. You know, that TED Talk is, is, is pure platform stuff. You know, the TEDx Talk, Neural with Pathway, went to Luxembourg. You know, that's just 17 minutes of your best material. I would say I rehearse for that as much as I do for stand-up comedy. We do in seven minutes. It's, it's such a compact situation where I could speak for eight hours without any notes. But when you say you got seven minutes or 17 minutes, it's much more difficult. So yeah. I can do that. I had the skill set. But what occurred to me when I was about 28, I said, you know, I'm never, 
I don't think I can ever become a $20,000 speaker. And this was, you know, a long time ago. And maybe it was a belief system. But what happened, I was getting these gigs and they kept saying, you're great for a side gig. You're, you're great for the spouses or the husbands of the, of the, you know, whatever. And so I would get these gigs for three or $4,000, but I don't want to travel for two days to Tampa for three or $4,000. And so I, and you can't sell things on those kind of things. So I realized, you know, I think what I should learn, learn platform selling. I think that'll be better. And so I had to develop products to sell at the back of the room and I had to learn to get good at that. And I think that's probably where I met you because I was on the stage um, at one of those internet marketing seminars with, with Armin Moran and Marlon Sanders and Mizell and those, these are names you, you guys won't know probably unless you're old like me, but, <laughs> but those were the big gurus of the time. I mean, those were the Frank Kearns and the Ryan Dices of 1999. And so I was up there telling people, hey, I was just a kid. I wrote a book. I learned how to get on TV. And I make $30,000 a day sometimes, you know, because of my publicity background. And people are like, oh, I want that. And so I sold courses about marketing and publicity and how, you know, how, how to be successful in the speaker business. So you've obviously mastered the craft bar. What do you think some of the maybe three key, three keys to your success have been? Well, you're kind to say I've mastered the craft. Uh, for pro speaking, I'm a good speaker. Like, I think I can own the room. I've got a big fan base in India, um, but it's experience. I think Malcolm Gladwell talked about having that, you know, 20,000 hours. I think it's 20,000. Am I right? If I recall correctly. 10, um, and, I, and I looked at it. I was like, you know, I've had 3,500 hours on live radio. Not 20,000, but but almost 4,000 hours. Joe Rogan has had four or probably 20,000 hours on on radio and on stand-up and on stage. So, so I think it's the repetition of having the reps. So if you've never really given a speech to 5,000 people, don't surprise you if you want to pee in your pants or, you know, freak <laughs> out before you're doing that. You just don't have the reps to do it. But also, if you if you want to be a speaker, don't be afraid to jump in the water and, and give it a shot because you may be amazing at it. Um, so I think I think the, tr the, the real secret is you have to be good at your craft. You, you just can't shortcut that. If you're not great, they won't invite you back and, and they won't buy things and the audience may not tell you that you're not great. You're just not getting the edge of the seat. And that just takes repetition and practice. And I think it's everyone can get to that skill level. Um, some people are just faster than the other. But the second thing is this is a business. Um, I was listening to um, a training yesterday. It was actually an old, old training, but one of the one of the people there that was asking questions talking about that their primary business was book authors. And he said, it's funny because these book authors have no interest in running a business. He said they just want to write a book and tell everybody they wrote a book that they don't want to build an email list. They don't want to build a website. They just don't want to do the work right. that it takes to be a business. And so my second advice is you are the product. And so you have to build a business around your brand. I'm Bart Baggett. This is my brand. I've got books. I've got courses. I've got masterminds. I've got public speaking. I, you can hire me. I mean, you have to have all these things because you don't know where the revenue is going to come from. Unless you're Malcolm Gladwell or Stephen King and you write a book that's so good that the publisher sends you lots of money, you have to become a business. And, and that's why people like me in, invest thousands of dollars every year into other people's seminar. People come to our mastermind and we teach authors and we help people launch funnels because we need to get our people successful so they can bring in more affiliate sales for us. Like we have a team of 20 people in India that all they do is sell handwriting university material and that's how they make a living. And so in order to do that, I have to support them in doing the hard things, which is like funnels and landing pages and advertising, et cetera. Okay. So those are great tips, Bart. And I have a couple other questions I want to ask you, but before we do, let's take a quick break. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? 
and now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to breadridgeway.com forward slash freebie. And we're back with our guest, Bart Baggett, on the Spotlight on Speaking show. And the question I want to ask you now, Bart, is obviously you've been along this journey for a number of years. So I'm sure you've made some mistakes along the way. So what are the one or two biggest mistakes that you made that other speakers coming into this arena should definitely try to avoid? How many? I made a lot of mistakes, my friend. I made a lot of them. Um, one of the biggest mistakes I I I um I saw. I don't think I did it. I saw it. Is that um as soon as you're if you're doing platform sales, as soon as you get to the point where you're going to ask for the money from the audience, you have to move from that point to the actual close without any interruptions. Mm -hmm. And if you miss that or somebody messes that up, you'll see the entire energy of the room change. I mean, imagine you're watching somebody like a Bill Burr or, or a Dave Chappelle do 60 minutes of beautiful stand-up. And then right before his big punchline, the fire alarm goes off. Like literally, like it would just mess everybody up. You have to just reset the room. And yep. so I remember watching this one guy and, and may have been in a Mark Victor Hansen seminar. I forget, I forget, but right before this guy was asking for money um another speaker stood up and interrupted him and and, and reminded him of this thing and we got to have a lunch schedule and let's make sure we break for lunch and literally by the time he got his attention back everyone had left the room so he lost 30 or forty thousand dollars in that moment because he allowed or, or by accident yeah. someone interrupted that, that that very elegant system of when you're getting a call to action uh, and the other piece of advice is man you've, you've got to have good copywriting skills and that includes good persuasion skills so if you don't have those skills like nlp and hypnotic language if you don't understand how to do a call to action you need to have those skills um the other the other stupid thing i've done um i've done a lot of stupid things i remember once i was in a um I was in an audition with a, a TV producer and I, and I was real young at the time. I was probably 25 or so. And I remember I had, I'd handed him some kind of promotional material, but I, but it was something on there that I wanted back. So like when they left the room, I went up and I tried to take that one piece of paper back because I was like scared that I wasn't, it was like newspaper clipping or something. And he walked in the room and he's like, what are you doing on my desk? And I'm like, I'm just taking this thing back. And I was like, oh my God, I'm such a fool. So, um, <laughs> you know, you just dumb things when you just don't have the sort of the clarity of focus. Like that was one of the first times I was in a room with a TV producer, right? Yeah. But a few years later, I was hanging out with Merv Griffin and I'm walking around saying, oh, this is Nancy Reagan. And this Nancy Reagan gave me this dog. And we were just best buddies. We did a TV show with uh, Ryan Seacrest that never got picked up. But you know, that, that experience for me, Screwing up probably helped me have a lot of, of of savvy when it came to hanging out with a billionaire like Merv Griffin. And you, you guys might not know who he is because he's been he's been passed away a while. But he had a TV show on in the '60s, and him and Donald Trump were enemies. Like they were like the real estate enemies back in the '80s. So he was a really big deal. And to be able to interact and hang out with him and do a TV pilot, you know, that shows a lot of savvy that I just didn't have two years before. You know, your first story there about how the flow of an event got interrupted by a speaker standing up and messing up another person's clothes. I remember several years ago, we were managing the back sales table at one of the World Internet Summit events. And speaker did a beautiful presentation, did his clothes. And just as he got done, the event MC stood up and said, and led the people into a meditation. I say, well, now we need to meditate now. Mm. 
I mean, kill that guy's sales. I mean, talk about most inopportune timing for something like that. So, yeah, I mean, if you're putting on an event, don't do that because that, you know, that'll kill your own pocketbook if you're doing a split with your speaker. Yeah, and, and again, if they're putting on the event and they do it, I mean, they're just killing their own sales too because that guy probably would have got a revenue share of the back of the room. Um, but but it's challenging. And, and, you know, if you hang around other speakers, uh, one of the – we talked a little bit about, how, you know, how I was a keynote speaker, but I couldn't get on the big stage. Well, one of my students uh, that, that actually learned handwriting analysis, he used to work at Saturday Night Live, um, he now gets that $10,000 keynote because what he did is he took the content of both his life, which is working at Saturday Night Live, and then my and our, our information about uh, handwriting analysis, and he turned it into a leadership conversation. Because see, people will pay for leadership, but they won't right. pay for handwriting analysis. People will pay for you know communication. People will pay for relationship advice. So you've got to take whatever your expertise is and package it into where the traffic is. Yep. What are they buying? Companies definitely are always buying leadership. So now his name is Jamie Mason Cohen, great guy. He now is this leadership guy that has this unique twist of personality and personality test. But leadership is the reason he gets ten thousand dollars, and I and I I was I failed to do that twenty years ago when I was marketing myself. It is all in how you frame it, isn't it? So, well, it's it's the it's the outcome people want. One of the questions that I was asking my students uh, in one of the masterminds I run is, you know, what is the big problem you solve? And so, so a lot of my students, they go on to write books and they do these things. But the thing is, I solve the biggest problem of, of getting people freedom. So moving from, uh, you know, working for somebody else to being an entrepreneur, like that's freedom. And people are really driven by freedom, emotional freedom too. Like if they are having bad relationships because they don't understand who they're dating, there's this thing called handwriting analysis, which can help them date better and help them hire better. Like I hire only people with a handwritten application. And therefore, I have avoided most of the horrible hiring mistakes. And so for me, that gives me more freedom to run my business, more freedom to have money, more freedom to invest in real estate. And so, yeah, you have to figure out what your problem you're solving is. And then then you become very, very bookable. Not just bookable for speaking, but bookable as far as interviews and podcasts. And it makes it very clear. The other thing that made it easy for me to get on radio and TV shows is, you know, I did something for the host. So I have this really unique skill that says I can look at your handwriting, Brett, and decide if you're crazy and if, if you're if you're funny and if you're sarcastic. And, and so the hosts were like, whoa, what's in it for me? I want to book that guy because I want to bring my wife's handwriting in and see what he says. Like I made it fun. <laughs> I made it fun for them to promote me. Yep. And they had me back every year. So so if you're like, I'm how to have, you know, here's my book, go buy my book. Like nobody cares about your book. But what they do care about is can you bring something entertaining to their audience? Right. Can you bring some insight to them that no one else could? And that one little skill set made me so bookable. So, you know, I, I used to do three shows a day uh, back in my 20s, and I would sell dozens of books and $100 courses. And I know that you probably shipped some of them for me. Uh, I was on Howard Stern, and we sold like $30,000 of, of, of this $100 course. And it was all because I was engaging enough that the host said, look, here's some free airtime. Now, if I could do it all over again, and, and I always, you know, we start new products all the time, you know, I would skip the PR and just paid ads. You know, but I was broke when I was 22. I didn't have that option, nor were there paid Facebook ads back in 93. You sure. had to do it this way. Now, it's good because I'm mildly famous and I've got a good resume and people go, okay, that's great that you did that. But I, that's a long way around the barn to, to do hundreds of radio shows so you can end up on Larry King or Good Morning America when you could just buy some ads and then test a landing page and see if your message strikes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Great input there, Bart. So one of the mistakes I want to touch on today for my new book, How to Build a Profitable Speaking Business, is the whole issue of demographics. I've been to probably 150 events in the last 15, 20 years, seen a couple thousand different speakers. 
And by and large, I've got to say speakers as a whole are very weak on really looking at the demographics of an audience they're going to speak to in advance, doing their homework so that they can craft the most focused presentation to deliver the goods for the audience. If it's a corporation, to touch the pain point that they really have. You know, you can find out in advance usually who the movers and shakers are in the crowd from that corporation so that you can rule them into your presentation. Or if you're going to a multiple speaker event, you need to find out who the other speakers on the platform are and what they're going to be talking about so that you don't overlap content. I was at an event years ago where the promoter was in a, let's just call it, get all the big names I can on my stage without any thought to curriculum and how it all fit together. He had three separate speakers on the subject of copywriting. Well, by the time they got to the third speaker on copywriting, his chance of selling anything from the back of the room were like zero because everybody had been there, done that, heard that, already been pitched about copywriting, didn't want to hear it anymore. So do your homework in advance of an event, whether it's corporate keynotes or whether it's a multiple speaker platform selling situation so that you can have the greatest opportunity for success. So we're winding down our time here together. And Bart, I want to ask if you have any final words of wisdom for our folks here. Well, I would say get yourself a mentor. You know, I had a guy that wrote a book and, and uh, when I was, he found me when I was 20, 21 and he helped me get on the Monte Williams show. Like he helped teach me, hey, here's radio. He, he mentored me unofficially, right? Like I did, there was no thing as a 25 mentor, but you need to find someone like myself that's been down that road and either befriend them or, or pay them and say, look, I need some advice. When I started doing stand-up comedy again, I didn't go out and do it again like I did. I said, I'm gonna go find the most successful comp comedian I have, and I'm gonna beg him to teach me. And now I'm really good. I opened for John Cleese and Camilla Cleese and you know, like a thousand people. Why? Because I was ready, because I went and found a coach. I went and found and mastered this really hard skill called stand-up comedy. And not by far from mastered, but I'm saying is I, I, I was good enough to hold my own for 10 minutes in front of a big audience, but I wouldn't have done that without this sort of this precision mentoring that I had. So for example, if you like me, if you like someone like myself, we have a, we have a program called Luminary Mastermind. We do a monthly seminar, monthly training. We have five years worth of content where you can learn how to promote your books and funnels. You know, maybe something like that would be interesting for you. And that's luminarymastermind.com. And again, if people like me, other people, you can get them and say, let me buy an hour of your time. I mean, trust me, after 30 years of promoting this, it's sort of like looking and going that, don't do that and do that. Th that's that's worth, you know, whatever they charge, 600, 700, 1,000 an hour. I mean, people like Frank Kern and Tony Robbins, imagine just asking them, hey, here's this idea. And Tony Robbins goes, that's terrible. Don't do that. Do this. And you're like, thank you. You just saved me four years of my life because I titled my book sucked. You know, that kind of stuff. I had a friend who always tells me that she hates talking to me about her books because her, her covers are so ugly and her covers are that ugly. But you shouldn't ask me. I'm a professional. Don't ask me that opinion if you don't want the truth because you have ugly book covers. <laughs> is, is that her shtick now, huh? The ugly book cover lady? No, she just doesn't like the fact that I'm too honest about, <laughs> about her book covers. I'm like, look, you want free advice. I'm not going to lie to you because you're my friend, but yeah, it's an ugly book cover. I think she finally changed it on the second printing. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much, Bart, for spending some time with us today. This has been the Spot On on Speaking Show. And I want you to invite you back next week for another episode where we'll bring another speaking industry pro to share their journey, their tips for success and mistakes that they've made. And if you get a chance, hop on, on to the spotoutonspeaking.com website and subscribe there via your favorite network so you can be notified of new upcoming episodes. But until then, my sincere best wishes to you, and I wish you the greatest success in all that you do. Take care. This has been the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway. Be sure to join us every week as we interview speaking industry pros. 
and have them share their best tips for building a profitable speaking business. Until next week, thank you for tuning in. And remember to visit our website at SpotlightOnSpeaking.com so you can enjoy even more great episodes like this one. While you're here, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Spotlight on Speaking Show. Until then, our sincere best wishes to you for the greatest of success as you work to build your own profitable speaking business.